0: Okay, imagine this. You wake up in a modern skyscraper in downtown Paris as the room AI chimes at the time you designated last night. You sit up, rub your eyes, and look out the window to see the Eiffel Tower over ten stories below you. You get up and walk over to the kitchen module, and the apartment has already made you your usual morning beverage at the optimal temperature. You thank the AI and sit down in a lounge chair and turn on a holographic television. News about your mission is on. They say how it is the first mission of its kind and how it will revolutionize space travel as the public knows it. The mission will be the first to use a warp drive, and it will be the basis of a new colony if it's successful. All previous manned spaceflight has occurred within the solar system. You will be alone on the mission in a small exploration craft in tandem with your personal craft. Your destination is Ross 128b, and it's the second nearest Earth-like planet. Proxima Centauri was ruled out after an unmanned probe to the system... Determine the planets would not be suitable for human life. There is a probe en route to Ross, but it won't arrive for another hundred years. You'll pass the probe while in warp mode. Your ship uses a warp generator to create bubbles in space-time to travel faster than light. The trip should take you up to six days. You'll land your personal craft, scan the planet, explore, land the mothership, then relay the data back to Earth, then wait for the rest of the colonists. You turn off the hologram, not knowing when you'll be back. You pull on your thin yet very protective spacesuit, and you pick up your bag of personal items then you exit your apartment you walk over to the elevator at the end of the hall you press the call button and the elevator arrives almost instantly you board it and push the button that will take you to the train station which is on level zero you live on level 200 it takes the elevator about a minute to reach the station as soon as the door is open you are greeted by hundreds of flashes from reporters cameras the noise is cacophonous as all the reporters scramble to ask a question all at once the crowds part and you see the train that will take you to the launch site It is not a modern maglev train but a steam train that is well over 200 years old it is a navy blue with a red trim and has three drive wheels and a tender. you remember seeing it in a transportation museum when you were younger it is pulling two matching vintage luxury cars you climb aboard the first car and is stunned by the vintage interior you settle into one of the large lounge chairs and enjoy the trip to versailles which is a little over an hour the train and launch site were chosen for culturally important reasons the train to the spaceship represents a new era and many, many world-changing decisions have been made in Versailles. The launch site was constructed next to the train station. You enter the station to begin last-minute medical checks and scans, and your ship is getting the same. You place the helmet on your head and step out of the station. You begin to walk to your ship, knowing the whole world is watching. It's a small one-person craft. It has atmospheric wings, and the whole thing resembles a thin wedge. It has two exhaust ports on the rear, which provide forward thrust, and four fans, one on each corner, to get it into the air. It is White, with the triangular United Nations Exploration Corps logo on the side. You reach the ship and do your own walk around. Satisfied that nothing seems amiss, you open the hatch and climb in. Although it is meant for one person, the cabin is spacious. You attach the life support to your suit, and you test the connections and they're all good. You close the hatch. You turn on the rest of the systems. Mission Control is counting you down. At 5, you turn on all the engines, and at 0, you throttle up and rise into the sky. You pitch the nose up and throttle the main engines up to full you shut down the lift fans and engage the autopilot. You sit back and let the craft fly itself out of the atmosphere. As you near the space dock, you switch off the autopilot and begin slow down maneuvers. You finally see the mothership for the voyage. It appears to be a former Russian Federation patrol vessel. Large enough to fit another ship inside, but still fast. You get a go ahead from the space dock controller to dock with the mothership. You fly underneath it and very slowly nudge your ship upwards until it finally locks into place in the docking clamps. You walk back through the small galley of your ship and into the airlock. You open the door and see that the walkway has connected the two ships. You elect to leave the door open in case of emergency. You make your way to the bridge of the ship. It has been modified so that all the systems can be used from the captain's chair. You get the all cleared apart. You press the button that decouples the ship from the space dock. Then you throttle forward and exit the dock. Once you clear cleared the dock, you get to test out the main warp drive on a short jump to resupply at a base orbiting Pluto. You throttle the main engines back and flip a plastic cover that covers a red button that engages the warp drive. You double check to ensure the coordinates are correct. They are. So you reach over, press the button, and a timer engages counting up. It hits 3 seconds and suddenly the viewport is gray. You're inside a warp bubble. You sit there monitoring systems and watching a timer and marveling at the fact that you're traveling faster than any human ever has before. At 10 minutes and 39 seconds. Space and Pluto suddenly appears in the viewport. You also see the resupply station. You dock and are given all the food, stuffs, and supplies deemed necessary for the mission. Suddenly, a message pops up on the display screen. How did it perform? Is it successful? You respond with, Better than expected. Extremely. I will depart in T-5 minutes. You send the message, knowing that you'll be 2.33 billion miles away by the time they receive it. Communication is not possible in the warp bubbles. The final supplies are loaded and you disconnect the ship from the station and move away from the ship before engaging the warp drive for the long leg. You count down yourself from five, five, four, three, two, one. Then you press the button and it takes three seconds to engage yet again you get up out of the seat and go towards the galley to eat your second meal of the day. You get your meal and walk back to the bridge and settle down in front of the screen. You are allowed two books, three movies, and two television shows to entertain yourself for the six days in warp. You turn on your favorite television show and eat your meal. Once you're finished, you go back to the galley and stow the tray. You go back to the bridge and notice one of the crew stations has a blinking light. Now your Russian is a little rusty, but the label reads Weapon Systems. They left the weapons on the ship inactive and had neglected to tell you. You decide that if you happen to meet an intelligent race, weapons weren't going to be an issue. You pull the panels and snip a few wires. Now the weapons are out of commission. You realize that you're still in your protective suit. You go back to the sleeping area and take off the suit. You pull out a flight suit with the mission logo, which is your personal craft over Ross 128B. It is very reminiscent of the old NASA jumpsuits because of the blue color and placement of the patches. You look at your watch and realize it's time to sleep. You lie down on the bunk, which is surprisingly soft, and you drip off to sleep. You repeat a basic routine of eating, watching, and sleeping for the next few days. You pull yourself into the captain's chair as you prepare to drop out of warp space. As the counter takes over to six days, you can suddenly see a beautiful planet with lush greens and vibrant blues. You are awed by the planet. You shake yourself out of it and perform the necessary movers to get into a stable orbit around Ross 128b. You send a message to mission control that reads, Arrive safely, descending onto planet's surface. You go to the connecting pathway and descend into your ship. You open the bay doors of the mothership, decouple your ship, and descend to the planet's surface. You fly over the surface of the planet, taking sensor readings and gathering general data on the planet, and you circle it once before you find a landing zone that is pre-made out of some sort of stone. It is empty, so you decide to land. Sensors indicate that the air is nearly identical to Earth's. You realize that you are so eager that you forgot your protective suit. The sensors say that you can't survive without it, though. You open the hatch and step out of the ship, and are greeted by humanoid creatures that look very similar to humans, but have a flatter face and are taller. They are armed, but the weapons are not drawn. The creature that seems to be the leader greets you in English. You are taken aback, and as you stutter to try to respond, the creature laughs and tells you that they had developed a real-time translator, and that they learned English a broadcast received from Earth. It tells you to follow it, and you enter a large communal building during a meal. And asks you of its purpose on, on the planet. You tell your mission details and it seems shocked. It tells you that long ago a mission was sent to Earth in an attempt to create an alliance with Earth in the year 1947. The mission never returned. They tell you that they felt the ship was returning when you arrived as the warp signatures are very similar. You grow solemn as you tell them about the Roswell incident, which the public had found out about in the great exposure of 2090, which sparked wars on, the, on Earth about 100 years before you were born thanks you for the information and asks you what, what you will tell Earth. You tell it that you will tell Mission Control that the planet is uninhabitable. Then you will fake a catastrophic failure and bring the mothership into land so that it may be upgraded and added to the planet's defense force. It smiles and thanks you. You get up and offer to shake its hand and it looks puzzled. You inform it that it's an Earth custom of agreement. It grins and grasps your hand. You exit the building and go back to your ship, climb in, and close the hatch. You fire it up and go up and dock with the mothership. You go to the bridge and sends a message that reads, Uninhabitable, returning home. Then you sit and wait for a bit and send down a message that reads, Mayday, 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 warp failed. Then you re rig the weapon system to fire a warp-capable torpedo, which you recently discovered had been made and put on board. You set its coordinates to co- to collide with the probe and launch it. You shut down communications, then begin the landing process. An hour later, you're on the ground and the native scientists are poring over the mothership. You ask the leader where you can go to rest, and it gives you a whole house on the planet. You lie down thinking how you never thought the mission would end this way, but you're happy that it did, and you drift off to sleep. The Imagine This Podcast is written, produced, edited, and narrated by Lawrence Link. Imagine This is a storytelling podcast from your point of view. New episodes come out every two weeks. You can find us online at Facebook at Imagine This Podcast, Instagram at Imagine This Pod, Twitter and imagine this pod one that's the number one in imagine this pod dot forward slash imagine this imagine this can be heard on youtube soundcloud itunes stitcher and now google podcasts thank you for imagining the story with me